0: And I it's thought, silly, why? Why, why am I putting myself through this for what, is, what should be a game? So I've given it up, and I'll never go back to it.
1: Hello, I'm Chris Lisserman, and welcome to Sparks, a series by Interactive Workshops. In every episode, we spark something in work and life, from how to spark culture to how to spark early careers. How to spark a good office plant, Jonna?
2: Oh yeah, we've got some brilliant office plants. We're
1: keeping them alive, and they're keeping us alive. I think that we're keeping them alive, and they're just helping us be alive. <laughs> they're not—they're not, they're not <laughs> keeping us alive. I don't know. What about oxygen? Is that important really? to
2: you? It doesn't all come from the office plants? because there's already some in the ah, atmosphere. Ah, yeah. 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 And also
1: to our well-being as well. They're good for our well-being. They're making us feel well. Exactly. Plants—they're good. But what else is good? Is a brilliant guest that we've got on the show today, Jonna. Steven.
0: Wow, I'm not sure about the brilliant, but it's amazing to be here. What a professional setup you've got, first of all, Chris. Why, thank you, you you kind (laughs) sir.
2: We are very honoured to have you, and uh, I know that you'll have many, many fans, and uh, you're very well-known in YouTube, but to me, you're a a great dad. Thank you very much. Not mine. (laughs) Brilliant company over a football game, but also a hard-working content creator.
0: Wow, I, I don't know how to respond to that. I mean we've been we've had some good times together at the Brentford, haven't we? We've so, had some uh, great times. But
2: but you also you've also got your own means.
0: Yes. Taste I like have. promotion. I have, yes. I mean that's the thing. We should have got a
2: beer, shouldn't we? Yeah. I, we should have had a beer,
0: absolutely. <laughs> I don't know whether I'm here as Stephen or as, as Thogdad. That's well, the first question. We going, because, I was
2: gonna ask you that. The, everyone was asking me, should we say Stephen, Should we say Thogdad? Thogdad? How,
0: what do you prefer? Well, it's funny. So, I mean, at the weekend, I went to Reading against Bolton and I come out of Reading Station and straight away, there's 20 kids just coming up to me with their cameras saying, Thought oh, dad, can you recreate that taste like promotion <laughs> with all the cheering in the background? And it, it's it's funny. It's beautiful. It's, you know, it's, it's well-intentioned. So I can be what you want me to be.
2: Oh, uh, well, well, we're happy to have you here. Um, it's also worth saying that not only are their fans fanboying you from Reading Station, but As you're here, we're also once again filming in front of a live audience. Wow. That tastes like promotion to me. (laughs) Yes,
0: yeah. And when I say that tastes like promotion, you've got to... That's when you cheer. The, The Americans. That tastes like promotion... Oh, come on. You that do taste yeah, like yeah. promotion. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, try one more time. Right, this time with passion, go, American passion. That tastes like promotion.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> that's more like it.
0: That's it. You've woken
1: up. Um, Stephen, you're a content creator. Yes. You're the father of a content creator, but you've also had your own career in business as well. Why don't you tell us about a few highlights of, of your career?
0: I, I'll do that. I mean, I'd call myself a, a sidekick, really, because that's mm. what I see myself. I mean, my son, Theo, is the main guy. We can talk about him later. But the first thing, the word career. Um, I mean, I question that these days. I mean, in in my early days, I, I went down the sort of the conventional route. Um, I got my chartered accountancy qualification, which might surprise a few people.
2: One of the most interesting accountants. It's a stereotype, well, but it, it is a stereotype. Good background.
0: It, it is, and you know, obviously Monty Python lampooned that back in the day. But it's actually a sensational uh, business degree. It's like an MBA. Mm. I did my time with the likes of KPMG, Pete Marwick, and Price Waterhouse Coopers. I worked in an investment bank for Credit Suisse first, Boston, and that was my life. So I suppose in my 20s and 30s, I had what you could consider a career. Um, And I'd say a couple of highlights were actually being the the finance director of a brewery in in Russia, um, which we built up over five years. We built up from nothing, and by the time we sold it to Heineken, Um, we had the capacity to brew about a billion pints. A billion? 500 million litres. (laughs) So it was an an enormous brewery, and we're not allowed really to talk about Russia these days, which is sad, but in those days, great place to live, great place to work. Um, But also back in the day, when I was about 40, I I was the executive chairman of the third largest retailer in in Russia. um, You say
2: when you were 40, I mean... I thought you were going to become forty at some point. Oh, in thank the future. you very much. Johnna yeah. is too nice to me. But, um, <laughs> look at this sleek, I, you know, <laughs> racehorse of a man. I, I tried to keep in
0: shape, but but back in the day, um, yeah. In terms of business, my my peak, my my highlight was being executive chairman, was running a business with eleven thousand employees at a time when there was an economic crisis, when the second largest owner decided he you know hated the business and wanted to jump on a yacht and go around the world. So. I have, in the world of business, done some very, very interesting things. But, of course, these days it's all about that taste like promotion. Yeah, but so that's,
2: that's amazing. though. So you've gone from what we would all consider a normal job yes. and a career. Now you're heading off to uh, Brentford Community Stadium, G-Tech, or uh, Bolton Wanderers, wherever it might be, with your mm. iPhone, maybe with your son, maybe with some 20-something editor or something like that. How, how did that change come about?
0: Well, these days, I'm just trying to enjoy my life. So mm. the, back in those days, when I was doing those, well, I say nine to five, but it wasn't. It was 18-hour days, you know, when you're working for an investment bank or, a, yeah. or an accounting company. When I was doing that stuff, I was aware I was making money. I was aware how much I was learning about business, finance, and what have you. But in the back of my mind, I always thought, this isn't me. So the concept of a career, of a structured life, where I have to do this for the next 40 years, that just wasn't what I wanted to do. So, so when um, in my early 30s, my son was born and then my daughter was born, I decided, well, you know, I have to keep working to some extent, but it won't be in the traditional framework. So when I was 33, yeah, I'd made a, made a bit of money, but I decided from now on, I choose my hours. You know, I'll do a bit of consulting work. I'll do a few non-executive directorships. And eventually when my son came along, he said, well, we're going to start a YouTube channel. So I love it. That was mm. the point when my kids came along. I thought, I, I don't want to be an, an absentee dad. I want to be around for this boy and this girl. I want to, you know, I want to go along to softball practice. I use the word softball just so the, the audience <laughs> understands what I'm talking about. Um, I wanted to be there for my kids. I wanted to be a husband. I you wanted, wanted to be a soccer friend. mom. You know what? I'm, and you know, I wanted occasionally to put on a backpack and mm. go to what you know, Burma or somewhere. Yeah, I wanted to live my life mm. my way. Mm.
2: I love that. It Also, I've got, uh, like, sparks firing off. Yeah. Because partly when I was, I I went the other way around. I did a few years in uh, big companies, BMW Group and others. Then I went consulting. Yes. And then actually worked at uh, Credit Suisse, First Boston, and a few of those other places you mentioned. But um, then that meant traveling all the time. Yes. And then that means I wasn't there for my kids. Even though I'd gone into the, I'm not doing the nine to five. So then I wasn't there. Yes. So then I thought, how am I going to make sure I am there? Then I thought I'll have to grow the company so that I don't have to go to everything. Yes. So ironically, I mean, I've got to the same kind of pattern. My kids are a bit younger than yours, but I I want to be around. And we talked about family before. It's so important. But I would love, I'd love to uh, have an enterprise with one of my kids. I think my daughter and I could start a farm uh, or something (laughs) like that. But it must be really fun fusing those two things together.
0: Yes, and sensational. And the sort of the, the really exciting thing happened to me nine years ago. My son came to me. He was 13 years old. And we were in the corridor at, at our apartment in London. And he said, Dad, I've, I've set up a YouTube channel. And I'm like, well done, son. And then I'm, I'm sort of you know, Googling what is a YouTube channel. <laughs> because I knew what YouTube was. I knew if I want to watch a video from the 80s, I go on YouTube. So I, kn- I knew what the platform was. But the idea of a YouTube channel, the, the idea of a creator, that 13-year-old kid or a 40-year-old woman or whoever can create content. Because in my day, it was what the BBC or ITV gave you. It was what Hollywood gave yeah. you. That they they chose what you watched. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. it was nine years ago, in November, whatever the year was, um, 2014, with my son saying that, that my life t- took a different direction. And actually, interestingly, early on, my son said to me, I've set up a YouTube channel, Dad. We're going to go to a Bolton game. And, and your job is to stay off the camera. Yeah, Stay <laughs> off the camera because, you know, my audience of, let's say, probably a thousand subscribers then doesn't want to see an old man. I'm like, okay, thanks. You know, so my job was to buy the tickets, yeah, was to fun. drive I, down to I, Eastleigh or drive up to Bolton. Did, how did that feel? <laughs> that's, what, that's, a, that's, that's what you're there for, isn't it? That's what you're there for. Yeah, yeah. You, you embrace know, that. Teenage children, I mean, it, it, you know, if, if they're not embarrassed of their parents, then something is wrong. Mm. But the funny thing was that very first game, Eastleigh against Bolton, um, I, th- I think I came in with one comment and Theo's subscribers were like, oh yeah, your dad, we quite like him. Bring him in. So that was Theo. <laughs> He's a really smart businessman. He's only 22. He's smart, he? The yeah. next video, he said, dad, you know, the feedback is that we want Thogdad in. I said, well, dad, <laughs> is that my new name? And, it has been ever since. It's Here we boring. are. That's yeah. why you're working yes. out in
2: the gym now. You've got a, a professional and personal image to keep up. I do. Yeah. Yeah. An alter ego. <laughs> style consultants, I makeup know. artists. I'm not sure about style consultants. Both <laughs> <you know, laughs> Yeah. yeah
1: exactly. So now you're creating your own content as well as Theo.
0: It's primarily Theo. I mean, mm. I did set up a channel, and during sort of the COVID times, I, I practiced actually editing and what have you, but my channel is pretty much dormant. So Theo's channel is, of course, called Thogden. It's got 1.55 million subscribers. Um, in an average month, he might get sort of 10 million views of, of long form content, 30 million views of short form content. Big. He's one of the biggest mm. football YouTubers in the world, full That's, stop, you know, how, and I'm just sidekick. How much
2: of your time? So you said you want to do life on your own terms. How much of your time, given that football often happens at the weekend, you're traveling, how much of your time and effort is put into the YouTube content and or edit and or prep and or project management? Are you working yeah. a five-day, seven-day week doing that? It, or is it a couple of days it, and then you're just lounging around in Hampstead
0: having it's, a good time? It, it's, it, it varies. I mean, there is a little bit of lounging around, but not as much as I, as I hope for. But, in, for example, <laughs> we've got a, a big trip um, lined up to, to India in October, November. We're going to go out there for two weeks, see a whole bunch of Indian – well, they call it soccer, we call it football. Um, at, we're going to take in five games, five cities, and we're going to go planes, trains, and automobiles. So that will be full-on. In, in an amazing fascinating yeah. country um and that's really a step into the unknown because we're known primarily for english football and european football and what have you um so some days Theo doesn't need me he'll go off by himself he's off to miami next week to watch messi he's you know um and i'm not invited for some reason um, <laughs> the sidekick so yes i'm the sidekick Side-lined. which is cool but that's it's great we we yeah.
2: talk a lot about how we if i was reinventing the world. I wouldn't hire individuals. So I'd allow you to hire pairs, partnerships, but like the power of a partnership. Yeah. Also, when you like, when you work someone a lot, you implicitly know everything about them. You know how they're thinking, you know, what annoys them. Uh, Chris stayed over at my house last night. Yes. But this morning he knows I may want to have my own morning routine, going that to do work. Own thing. We don't yes. necessarily, it's not locked in to travel together, but that's because we built up a big understanding equally. I know how he works. His daughter had their first day at a new nursery last week. It's like Chris don't come to work just, just like work from home do whatever yes. but there's kind of like a deeper understanding than if you're just a work colleague it's and a proper partnership isn't it Yeah
0: it is and I think that flexibility is important in work and in life and sometimes the the boundaries between you know work and life work mm. and, and leisure leisure are, are, are <laughs> blurred, blurred. Mm. Uh, and that's a beautiful thing but also what I learned from that that moment 9 years ago when Theo said I've started a YouTube channel it was one of the first times in my life where somebody else had pulled me in the direction that I was going. Oh, I like that. So, so in the past, you know, becoming a chartered accountant or going to university before that, moving out to Russia, becoming a finance director, these were all my choices. And suddenly I've got a 13-year-old boy, my son, who has in some ways dictated the course of my life over I the last love decade. That. love and that. That is fascinating. It's special, isn't it? it yeah. That is incredible. I only realized that about a year or two, mm. that sometimes you've just got to let others steer your course
2: in the professional coaching world there's a it's actually similar in improv but there's the ability to it's called go with yeah but can you just yeah. go yeah. with before, we? yeah
0: yes
1: whatever's
2: happening yeah and it's uh, a great thing is it when someone else takes yes. a lead in something to say actually i can go with that and not necessarily letting go of your own ambitions or your own agenda but to just follow them yes. we also in our team um teams here uh we use the expression follow me but or i'll follow your lead when we're running a workshop when we're facilitating mm. you get there you're kind of maybe a bit tense and you haven't run the program before and it's a big international client and you've flown in yes. you're with your colleague like M. link's brilliant at this mm. you're with your colleague and yes. you say oh, i am you know i haven't I haven't run this before i haven't done this program i haven't been this client what, what do i need to do and she just says follow my lead yes <laughs> yes <Yeah>. yes okay <laughs> and that's the kind of confidence oh, you that's can go a, with i'll go with yeah. that yeah that's fine i just thank you very much yeah if you take the lead i'll follow on and
0: we'll be fine Right, right. But in terms of flexibility, um, so during the World Cup, we went out to Qatar, and we, my son actually watched every single game at the World Cup. So broke a sort of a world record by doing that. And we were going out there to sort of support England. We're English, and we were going to go to all the England games, and we thought the best, um, the most watched videos would be the England vlogs, you know, for obvious reasons. Wrong. Theo started going to the Mor- Well, he went to every game. But the first Morocco game he went to he made a video and it did really well. Mm. And the second Morocco game he went to, it was watched hundreds of thousands of times. And people started to come up to him, give him scarves, give him shirts. And by the third game, he was becoming, I'm not even kidding, nationally known in Morocco. Incredible. So And they had a brilliant was, story through and, the world. And it was cup a wonderful well. story because then they got to the semifinals. Yeah. They were they were fourth at the World Cup, you know, the the African team that's gone the furthest at the soccer yeah. world cup. And Theo then, a month later, went back to watch the Casablanca Derby. It was watched over a million times. And that's another example of something completely unexpected, but let's, let's run with it.
2: Mm. Yeah. And that takes us where, in our um, Sparks podcast today, we wanted to ask you about how to spark fans and or content. And for me, this is like a little bit of a dance and yeah. sometimes hard to know, mm. you know if, I, if I'm, should I be going after fans or in order to get fans, we just need to do good content. And we, we could think of this as if we're a youtuber yeah. but we could also think like i'm a, I'm a manager i'm a boss yeah so I'm, i want i would quite like the, my team who follow me yes. to think of me with a small f as a bit of a fan they like me yes. they, they like what i'm saying they like what i'm doing they like they're going to old school leadership follow like the and support, support. <laughs> but yes. follow like you know yeah. you've got your followers yeah. on, on youtube but yeah yeah you know do they sub- follow do, do they subscribe to me as a person mm. The question is, should I try to just be myself and put out my thoughts and put out my messages or should I try to take the kind of leap into their shoes, think about what the fans might want, try to say what they want, try to say what they don't hear. I'm curious, you're mentioning there that sort of through experimentation sometimes you've hit on incredible stories and gold mines of of views. But I'm interested kind of bigger picture in the real world, not just on, on YouTube, but do you think we should in our life try to... Give the fans what they want, or do you think we should try to do something authentic, and then see what happens from that?
0: Yeah, well, I suppose the question would be fans of what? I mean, are you talking, for example, about Brentford Football Club? I mean, I know, I yeah. know you're a massive okay. fan, Big fan, of, of Brentford. Um, I think you've, you've you've used a very important word there, which I use as the number one word I use in YouTube: authenticity. Okay, and that's what you get from Thogden, from Thogdown, from from. That's what you get from Thogden and Thogdad. From those two characters, you will always get authenticity. And what do
1: you mean by that, authenticity?
0: It would be very easy for me to, let's say, copy other YouTubers and let's say, oh yeah, so-and-so did something silly like jumped into a lake and people thought it was hilarious. So, oh, you know what? I'll copy that. Mm. I'll jump into a lake. Just as somebody else might think, well, Thogdad said that tastes like promotion. Yeah, yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. And the whole point about that little moment, um, and I'll talk you through that. that. The day that I went up to at the Reebok stadium at Bolton and it was during COVID and we couldn't go inside. We shouldn't really have been there. It was the 45th game of the season. And if we won inside that ground with no fans, we would have been promoted. We were outside thousands of us probably shouldn't have been. Sorry. That's
2: um, <laughs> sorry, right. We're not, we're not. Worrying d- about don't, that. Tell <laughs> yeah, um, don't tell anyone. Don't and, tell anyone. Somebody
0: handed me a beer and said, thog dad, what does that? Because I'm known for my thog dad beer reviews. And usually yeah. I, I taste a pint and just give an opinion. Yeah. It's just a, you know, if, Vaguely fun, amusing, a yeah. bit of fun, yeah. and on this occasion, I tasted it and I said that tastes like promotion. Now the, the great thing about that moment, it was just a, a sort of a mind, sort of a vaguely funny moment in time. That's the way I, I I look at it. But somebody was there with a camera, and the sort of the folks behind me were your typical Bolton fans who all cheered in unison. Yeah. And then amusingly, we lost that day, so we weren't promoted that day. We were promoted the next week, and that little clip went viral. That has been mm. watched. It became a meme. It's yeah. become a meme. I've become a meme. Which how, many, I don't how many views mind. do you think it's I got? I don't know. And all roughly, not, in all forums in
1: the hundreds ten, of millions,
0: really. Hundreds of millions. Yeah. I'll give you an example. I was down in Qatar at the World Cup last year, and um, an Arabic guy, a local guy, in front of me, around, <laughs> who probably doesn't drink. Look, <laughs> yes, yes. But looked at his phone. Looked around. Looked at his phone. <laughs> you're the you're the guy that just that tastes like promotion guy, and he got a photo with me, and I, I turned to him and said, "Do you want a photo with Theo?" and not He's really, said, no. Who's Theo? Who's Theo? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He didn't know who my son was, yeah. but he knew me as the... Ju- I just want to... I
2: just want to emphasise that just for Theo, if you're watching. <laughs> didn't even know who you were. <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah.
0: um, thog dad. Yeah, and that He's was... a big man. And that was actually another funny day. It was the first time someone came up to me and said, thog dad, can I get a photo? And completely ignored Theo. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. I, think that, I love that. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I, love that.
2: I, I think that that's... um. What you're saying about authenticity is really important. Yeah. But I also think that that does show that... Uh, we're kind of social animals. We're primed to, we want to get to know people. We want to be recognized or we want to be known. And it's interesting when people try to reach out for connection, they're they're seeking something. But when you're there in person, you can obviously respond, but they're also seeking something from your content. For me as a leader, they're seeking something from me as a boss. If I'm running a big company, if I'm a higher up, people are looking for something from me. And and when they get it, it makes them really happy. Even if it is just uh, a selfie or a handshake or yes in, in big companies. When I started my first job, my first day there, uh, I was at the body shop, you know, the cosmetics yeah. company and, uh, the, the owner and founder and he came round to me my first day and went, wow. So what do you do here? And I, and I said, um, I, um I've i just started actually. I'm an, an intern. I don't really know what I'm doing here. I don't mean what do you do here. I mean, what are you doing now? What are you? What are you... Oh, I'm just, um, looking at some documents for my boss, but like she, would made the point to come and find me yeah. or she'd been wandering around at least noticed that she didn't know me spoke yeah. to me and you think that's the the i'm still telling that story 25 years later mm. yes. but that point of connection can breed that fandom it breeds that um that guy that guy in guitar yeah he's going to go back and watch Prem yeah. predictions isn't he yes. he's going to be looking yeah. he's going to tell his friends and say oh yeah i actually was once uh in a bar in. i wasn't even sure it was him and i looked at my phone and then he, d- he looks quite different now. And then <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was him. Uh, and I've got this selfie. And then yeah, they're looking for that, that connection.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'll give you an, another example from way back in the day when I was 21 years old. And I went to some of my first interviews with Big Six. And the the sixth interview I had with, was with KPMG, Pete Marwick McClintock, as it was called in the day. It was in Manchester, in England. And I'd actually had job offers from the other five. So, quite honestly, I'd been out on the beers the night before. This was interview was at 11 o'clock. And the guy who was interviewing me, the manager, um, s- said, oh, I see you're from Lancaster. Well, you know, We sometimes have training courses in Lancaster. And we always end up in Brooks International, which is a dodgy nightclub. Do you know it? And I said, look, Nigel, I've got to be honest with you. I, I was there, I was at there six o'clock hours ago. <laughs> and, and that was the moment I got the job. Yeah, yeah. That was the moment. It was no longer an interview. He was like, wow, this guy is genuine. Yeah, could yeah. have gone either way. Yeah, you could I, have tried to impress him. Yes. You could have
2: said... Know it? No, just tell me a bit more. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. but
0: it was um, a moment of authenticity. That's authentic. That's mm. honest, mm. Um, and which is completely important in you know in a, in, the, in this world. Full stop. Yeah. Um, you know, in terms of authenticity, you're obviously an extrovert. That's who you are. You're the storyteller. To- yes, you are. Yeah. Wow, I had noticed that
1: actually. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm really yeah. loud.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's you, and that's you know, in, if someone expect, if someone, how can I say? Let's say there was a client who. You're going to get the contract if you can be a bit introverted and a bit serious mm, and a bit mm. not who you are. I that's, would be, how would you react well, to that situation? Exactly.
2: It was actually a little bit of a um, uh, personal kind of struggle to decide who to be in general on the Sparks podcast. Right. Because mm. when I first started the company, I would always smart up, yeah. shirt, jacket. I've done that for some of the podcasts. Yeah. But also, I would try to say impressive things. Yes. And I would try to. Uh, say the technically right stuff, and I try to be really professional demeanour. Yeah. But uh, f- for this, I, I I don't know whether it's just because Chris and I had done some stuff before, but mm. I, I found when we we're in that space, it, it was um, it was a bit forced and a bit false. Mm. But also, it's actually yeah. quite thin.
1: Yes,
2: there's there's not really a lot of life to yes. parroting out business models mm. or cliched answers yes. it yes. make to make a deep discussion. does it? yeah, no, you? it doesn't make no, for a no. deep discussion. So we I, even in this setup, it's not as professional as I might be if I turned up as a client, mm. to a client, but it's more real to the discussions that we have around mm. the table in the office, mm. Mm. Yes. the discussions we have in the car on the way home or when yeah, yeah. we're traveling. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. Um,
0: yeah. But in terms of, yeah, another ex- authenticity, It's uh, you know a lot of YouTubers are out there, they're wacky. So there's a feeling you've got to be wacky and kind of do this and just be a bit outrageous and, and do that metaphorical jumping in a lake. That's not me, and it never will be. It's also no. not that sustainable, and it's and it's not sustainable. No. And people will see through it and say, "Wait a minute, you just that's just an act."
2: But yeah. it, you run out. You can if you're the same. Actually, is if if your romance is defined by big gestures, yeah, you will be on a path to bigger and bigger gestures. Correct. <laughs> Correct. If your content or your leadership is defined by incredible yeah. one-off wonders or jumping in lakes, yes, at some point, where where do you go? You will run Correct. out. Whereas if you're true to Yourself and you've got good authentic content, mm. and you you keep working at that. That's something you can do for the rest of your life. You yes, can, uh, I, I'm imagining an, a really old prem prediction season 40 45 yeah. you know <laughs> two thousand forty five. Uh, yeah. Theo will be similar age to what you are now. You'll you'll be in the retirement bracket, but you could still be there saying, you know, are Chelsea going to get in the top half of the
1: table this season, or you know, is when will Fulham? ever score a goal. You know,
0: <laughs> when will Tottenham win anything? But yeah. Will
1: Brentford win a third Champions League? Oh, Whoa. don't do that to me, question <laughs> that. That's, <laughs> that's, that. that's <laughs> too much. <Yeah>. Too much. <laughs> yeah. um, Brentford beat Bolton for the top of the
2: table clash. Who's, who's going to get the, the, the top spot this season? Yeah, yeah could be. But so, all
0: of that, the sort of the future, that all comes down to, um, well, n- yeah, number one, do people watch it? That is important. If mm. suddenly people decide we don't like Premier League predictions anymore, then there's no point doing it. But, but you're going to stop your FPL. You stopped it for I've a season. I stopped doing my, my FPL with fantasy football yeah. because I found it too obsessive. Yeah, yeah. But that's a personal thing. We still have the, the league. Yeah. Theo's still Theo's Lee, I think, has a hundred thousand people playing in it. Yeah. And it's uh, still got my name attached to it, and I don't, okay, I don't okay, play yeah, right. FPL, but I, I, I just uh, found it so obsessive. I almost yeah. gave
2: up because I did one season and I said to Chris, I I put so much time and effort into this. Yeah. It's actually impacting my family <laughs> yeah. life. I swear It's actually it impacting do, yeah. my sleep. I do, you know the I'm having to watch every game to try and get all the so, so there, that was a, a positive yeah. obsession in one way, but it actually, it was too much. But There's an interesting yes.
1: question there about, is, is there a point where you've become too much of a fan of something and your fandom has gone too far and then it's into obsession? Have it's you gone into obsession? Is that, is that a problem?
0: <laughs> well, for me, I mean, I would almost use a sort of, I think it's a psychological, medical um, definition of, of obsession. I mean, and that is the idea of, of, of bad thoughts, uh, intrusive thoughts getting into your mind mm and and making you anxious so I would look at sort of OCD which I, I did suffer from uh, have always suffered thr- from throughout my life um and it's not something I would ever I, I wouldn't you know fandom obsession I'd say of two completely really? different things completely oh, that's, that's amazing. different things because yes. I
2: always I didn't know about your OCD but I did I always knew that you knew a lot about football
0: Yes, but I think they're. But they're that's very a fandom. Different. So ob- obsession might be—I mean—obsessed with washing your hands or, yeah, or yeah. checking something mm. or arranging things in the fridge. That is something that's medical, mm. and which you should be, you know, talk, taking medical advice about. Whereas, you know, loving Bolt Wanderers or Brentford a bit too much <laughs> is, Or Birmingham is, City. Is, or is, got Birmingham City, City yeah. is is a different thing. It's still in fandom. It's a different it's not, thing. Yes. So I suppose that all comes down to definitions. Mm. Yeah. Um, you could talk about, um, let's say. Addiction. I mean, things like, and we were talking here about. Do you think you can be from, addicted
2: to FPL? Yes.
0: Well, I could be. I do I I do. I mean, I've. Um, I mean, there's lots of forms of addiction. Um, I saw with my son. He used to play the PlayStation um, addictively. Mm. I won't mm. use the, the word uh, obsessive. He was would. He got to, He would play it too much. Where at one point it was affecting his YouTube channel. This is when he was sixteen, seventeen. Yeah. And he, you what know, what was he took, playing? He was playing the the football FIFA. games FIFA yeah he's playing FIFA and you you know when he lost a game you would hear the table getting smashed up we oh, have like a that. we have a table with a hole in it from Theo <laughs> uh, smashing it um yeah and it got to the point where he came to me and said dad here's my PS4 I'm done with take it, it away yeah, yeah. Um, because I've not some, posted yeah. on my YouTube yeah. channel for two this is when he's 15 16. Yeah,
2: yeah. Dad take my PS4 yeah bring me PS5 <laughs> 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 yeah yeah
0: but that's you know that sort of uh, territory of addiction yeah mm. um mm. i think with with fpl it was for me it got to the point where it wasn't pleasant anymore because mm. yeah. i was good at it so i was trying to get into the, like you know, the top ten thousand out of 8 million mm. that's where i was so, why were you why were you good at it um i was good at it because i spent hours every day <laughs> i had yeah. a spreadsheet for the next five weeks predicting you know knowing um you know the next five games of tottenham hotspur so KPMG
2: and slash international businessman goes Excel on FPL. You've, got your own, you've <laughs> built your own y- predictions tool. You've got yeah, the whole yes. thing. I, I, I would have say it's it planned
0: it, out. And, and then you've got you've got your WhatsApp groups. And in my WhatsApp groups, mainly a bunch of Scottish lads. And, you know, when I did well, oh, my goodness, the banter I would give them. But when I did badly, mm. it would almost affect you sleep. You'd be in mm. a bad mood because, you know, Harry Kane had missed a couple of chances or somebody had got a yellow card or there'd been a goal. Yeah. And, it's and I really thought, silly at that why? Point, it? Why yeah. am I putting myself through this for yeah. what is what should be a game? So I've
2: given it up and I'll never go back to it. Okay, so you uh, made mind that good line there. Mm. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you, so, so we're talking about ad- obsession there, addiction, but I do think you need to have a certain obsession with the craft. And one, other, yeah. one other aspect, and it's a little bit uh, of a weird one, given that we are sat in front of tons of cameras, but you're really, really good in front of camera. Thank you. And you, But your craft as a maker is excellent. How did you build up that skill set? Because that's actually that's not about knowledge and stats or it's not about influence or but that's right. actually a, the, the performer gene.
0: Yes. Where is that coming? And that's a very good question. I mean, we do different types of content and, for example, live streams. I'll start with them because we're going to bring them back, I think, on Tuesday night, Excellent. which is when you sit down and you watch a game. And for three hours, sometimes six hours, like on one occasion, nine hours, you're just talking to uh, to people. You you know, you're watching the game, you're talking about the game, you're not commentating. Why nine hours? um, Because there was three Premier League games in one day during COVID, and we thought, just keep the camera on, just keep the camera on. And hundreds of thousands of people joined us during those nine hours. So you learn how to just talk into a camera um, about anything, really, about life, about football. There would be banter with Theo, you'd crack open a few beers. The only way to learn that, let's talk about the three-hour format, is to do it. There's no other way. You do it the first time. It's probably if I looked back on the live streams, probably we were rubbish the first time. But by the 20th time and during COVID, when people were begging for content, you get quite good.
2: Yeah. Mm. And you Um, also, you use devices, what I would call devices as well. So you've got, um, you've got predictions, you've got formats. Yes. And you've got devices. But uh, what I've noticed in in our world, when we're doing uh, business seminars, when we're running workshops, the very, very top people, the reason why they're really, really good is they've got a lot of devices, but you can't necessarily see them. Some of them you, some right, you can right. see, but, but if you go with those really good people and you go to workshop A and yeah. then go to workshop B and workshop C, they all seem unique, right. but actually they're using a lot of devices. And uh, it seems to me also the formats that you use, it helps you because you've got structures yes. and you've, got, mm. you've obviously got the games to talk about, but you've got structures. And it would be very hard if someone said... I'd like you to create 38 really good YouTube videos. Yes. But if they say, actually, can you run 38 weeks of Premier predictions, you've immediately got a format and a structure that you can work through and that helps you. It it scaffolds the content somehow.
0: Yes. I'm I'm thinking back, actually, in my KPMG Credit Suisse first Boston days, maybe I went to a workshop or two, but I can't remember them. I mean, most of what we do has has come about and we've honed our craft through repetition. So Premier League predictions, we've got a certain format I'm quite good at sort of introducing the games, and the yeah. first game is Tottenham Hotspur against Villa, second against A, you know, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing. Whereas Theo next to me is then thinking about, well, what shall I say about the Spurs players and the Villa players? And he's got amazing sort of ball knowledge. He's got amazing knowledge about the players. Do you have it and
2: scripted? Partially. Loosely.
0: We yeah. always do, and this is what you don't see, we always do our research. Yeah. So if it's Premier League predictions, there might be two hours uh, of, of research. So I will go back, I will have watched... 10 games from the last game week um i'll know what the score is i'll know the scorers i'll know the league tables and
2: this is the man who's given up fpl yeah (laughs) so i found out that i've got i don't want to unveil this secret live on air but i found out you've also basically cheated because i've I've watched back a few in preparation for our time today and i've realized that the pretty much most common score in football 2-1 is your? I'm going to say, you go for that (laughs) so many times. Do you know what? And then at the end of the season, you're top of the league. Yes. But basically, you've also picked out, I'd like to divide it by the amount of times you picked out two ones a score. But do you know what? (laughs) Two
0: one isn't the most common score. It's one nil. nil, It's one nil, as you probably Mm. know. And I think the average number of goals per game, and this is the thing about soccer, why it's probably not taken on in the States, there's very few goals. It's all about narrow margins. I think there's 2.7 goals per game. So on average won't see three goals yeah and some people if you like your basketball or your baseball you want to see you know American football yeah. you want to see a lot of points oh, it's a point. Yeah. Um, whereas football it's all about narrow margins so if you go out there and say yeah Man City are going to win 7-0 because they're so much better than Luton yeah. it's going to be wrong yeah it is wrong isn't it mm. you know it's, it's actually it's less often than you think that somebody wins by two or three goals so Yes, I do look at the data to some extent. Mm, I am more data-driven to some extent. I always beat, over the season, I always beat Theo at predictions. I always beat the guests.
2: Let's say you were, you, said you didn't go on them, but if you were coaching a senior executive in a company, and certainly you said, I've got, to, I've got to give a short presentation, or actually people have to make videos as well these yeah. days and send it to their colleagues. Like, what are some of the sort of presenting tips? That you, what would you say makes good video content, or how do you mm, get, get your message across, or formats?
0: Well, it, it totally depends on your audience, because our audience is young. It's 90% male and sort of the median audience, 15 to 25. And they want points delivered really fast. You know, look into the camera. Harry Kane is going to fail at Bayern Munich. Wow. And that gets clipped, which, by the way, I don't believe. Uh, <laughs> that's the sort of thing you say. Keep it extreme. You might have seen Rory Jennings went on with my son, Theo, onto Sky Sports. Yeah, yeah that's also massive. And they, they talked about Erling Haaland and Rory sort of on Sky Sports Live said, oh, Erling Haaland, much is going to be a flop mm. how can you say he's going to be the top scorer and Theo was head in hands saying no he's going to score 30 plus goals that was one that was the most watched clip in the history of Sky Sports Saturday Social and it was beautiful and it was good for Rory actually yeah. um, and he, he talks about people come up to him he was in a pub recently in Soho uh, and ordered Haaland. his drinks and yeah, the yeah, barman's yeah. like come on after that Erling Haaland thing I don't <laughs> want you know these are on me um, but, the, but it was a beautiful thing for both of them You come out with an opinion an extreme opinion, you'll get noticed. Yeah, I think that's you the difference, be wrong. difference between an mm. analyst and a pundit. Yes, an analyst is yes. going to
2: say 73% one way, 27% the other. Yes, yes. A pundit, you have to go one end or the you can't other. can't sit on the fence, can you? But you it's kind that's of your an example. You've you used an example of understanding how to craft your message. You've un, you understand what your audience wants. They want a pithy, short, uh, opinionated, headline-style expression, and they want it straight to camera, and they want it delivered down the mic. Yes. And um, It's interesting to think about how you do that then. But that's that's very different. If you were to do more the analytical side, uh, that'd be you'd have you have to be slower and more considered because yeah. you've got to consider a whole range
0: of perspectives, right? Yeah, it, it totally depends. I'm sure when you're running a brewery,
2: you didn't use pundit style <laughs> thoughts to make your decisions.
0: No, no, of course. If you're, I mean, in one occasion, actually going back to let's go back to the the, the retailer that I that I ran for a while, um, we had a consortium of bankers, and you know when you sat in front of those bankers, they could pull the plug on your business. Mm. At one point, we had far too much debt. And, of course, it's a very, very different measured message that you give yeah. to that group of bankers who could... You didn't like say, say, we're going to go to the top of yeah, the league. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, yes, it completely know your audience. Know your audience. know your yeah. audience. And this and do, you,
2: do you know your audience? I mean, you, I've been with you when It's actually interesting what you say. When, when we're together, when we've been at the football, uh, kids are coming up to you. Their parents don't know who you are. But a uh, 15-year-old kid, 13-year-old kid is going, oh, fuck, Dad, can I have a... But their, their parents are looking across saying, I've no idea who this guy is. It's, What's going on?
0: Well, it's there are outliers. I mean, the other day I was at Charlton Bolton, the game had finished. I was on the Charlton station. We'd won, I think we'd won four one. It was absolutely pouring down. An old guy came to me. I thought he was gonna ask about the trains, the train timetable. And he's like, Oh, I love that, you know, I love your beer reviews. So yeah. and he was mid-seventies. Yeah, okay. Um so you get the outliers, um, But on the whole, like I said, median audience, young and male. Yeah, yeah. Um, But you do get surprised. What we love actually is when someone who's maybe in their 30s, 40s, who comes along and says, you know what, you guys have got good football knowledge. We actually prefer that to when Mm -hmm. some 15 year old boy comes up and says, come on, Thog Dad, do taste like promotion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is. We we like to think, sorry, we like to think that we know about football. But that
2: is the basis of your your channel, which is that you do know about football. I think, in my opinion, you know. So deeply. I mean, yeah. you talk about Theo's knowledge, you and that knowledge is the same. Not just uh, the Prem, not just the Championship. You're into League One, you know all, mm. the, all the players, all the teams. Then yeah. you go into other leagues and you also got that knowledge there. Theo's it's
0: knowledge is, is way beyond mine. It's incredible. And I mean, yesterday I was, I was with Theo and I was looking through my DMs on Instagram and a, re- a German guy had written to me. Um, he's a supporter of, of Red Bull. And he's, and he's like, Can you ask Thogden who his three favourite RB Leipzig players are? Theo said, one, two, three. And I sent that message to him straight off his head. Yeah. He knew half the RB Leipzig team. This is not Bayern Munich. This is not Borussia Dortmund. This <laughs> yeah. is the next tier of German football.
2: Quick, quick question on Theo. Was he good at school? Because like, uh, there's a lot of people who say, you know, it's all about the degree. But Ed Sheeran, not, famously.
0: Uh, Theo, did he? Theo was dyslexic. He yeah. is dyslexic. And at the age of 13, uh, we got taken aside by a teacher who said, don't quote me on this, but get your son tested, because I don't think he's learned anything from conventional education. Mm. Now, this is the thing about Theo. From an early he's age... Incredibly knew, intelligent, incredibly knowledgeable. He's very smart, yeah. very entertaining, always has been. Um, but he's not the kind of guy. People learn in different ways. And and I'm lucky I went through the grammar school. I was good academically. I was good at passing exams. You know, I was in, in a class with, let's say, 33 boys, the teachers lecturing us, it, it goes in, I take, because you know, I learn in a conventional way, Theo doesn't. Theo learns best when someone demonstrates something to him, when he's interested in something. There was um, a headmaster actually at, at one of his schools who was taking a religious studies lesson, and Theo was looking out the window, and the teacher, the head teacher, who was also the teacher of that lesson, said, Ogden, what's you, something interesting outside the, uh, outside the window? And Theo said, um, yes sir, there's a, there's a squirrel on the tree. And that was just an honest answer. And the head teacher reported this to me, to which my reaction was, well, the lesson a... wasn't very interesting then. <laughs> yeah, a squirrel beat it. And, may uh, have been a squirrel. Yes, That's And that is a point. Uh, the reason he's looking out at the squirrel, because that squirrel is more interesting than your lesson. Well, and the squirrel not... probably was
2: holding a bo- tiny ball. There you go. <laughs> or, there you go. Or, or a nut. Yeah,
0: but the serious point is that people learn in different ways. Yeah. And I'm sure as a... As an educator, as a business, you've got to realize that your your employees, I, I your agree. team are all different. Our,
2: our a lot of our content in our workshops is very, it's intellectually relatively simple. Yeah. It's a lot about the practice. Yeah. And again, this is interesting. When when you think about YouTube, it's actually making good video, making good film, requires excellent skills. It's a practice. Presenting is a practice. Editing is a practice. Yeah. And script writing is a practice. It's not something that requires, uh, you know, a really high intellect it's not actually a theoretical thing and again like broadcast you watch the tv it's not theoretically it's not about being a good broadcaster in theory there's a practice there's an ease yeah and uh that's the, the skill of the communicator the raconteur whatever you want to call it
0: yes yeah but look theo got his um i said to him look you have to stay on and do a levels you have to stay until school till 18 from a maturity perspective age 16 he wanted to leave school mm. and go full-time on youtube it would have been fine in one respect um, but when he was doing his GCSEs, I, I swear half of them, I could have gone into that exam hall because I spent so much time with him. Yeah, I, I could have gone in and done oh those no. exams. Don't tell me that. Whereas I'm it, not that good a parent. No, it's, well, <laughs> just because we insisted, you will go to the to do A levels. Yeah, yeah. Then you're on your own. If you want to faff around, if you want to mess around for those two years and fail them, it's up to you. But he didn't. He got that maturity, and he went and he got like an A star in business studies. He got a, a B in geography. He got off at a place at I think Bath or Bristol. Could have gone to uni. He matured at that point. But age 13, we went to, um, you know, we had him tested and we were told, look, he's heavily dyslexic. How have mm. you not noticed that? Yeah. And I suppose it's to our discredit as parents, but as the school, it just hadn't been noticed. He'd blagged it, got away with it. Um, so I'm now very conscious that yeah, people learn in different ways. Mm.
2: And do you think, coming back to the business angle, I don't want to uh, delve too much into your private finances, but there's a, there's a kind of <laughs> Japanese theory we sometimes use in our on our programs that if you can find the ex- intersection of what you're good at, yes, what you love, what the world needs and what you can get paid for, then you can find this in Japanese guy. You yep. can find this real um, sweet, spot sweet spot. You, you seem to do. have yes. found that the, the business side monetizing you obviously, you're not just running uh, Theo and your own lives. You've got editors, you've got a team, you've got yes. travel. Tell us about the business side. If we were, mm. That, that side, how much of that is part of the job of being the content creator and, and being the YouTuber? and How much making all of that work? Have you got your sponsorships, endorsements, you've got all kinds of things, media fees. You know, how do you make the business side work?
0: Well, it, it's, it's a very good, it's a very interesting theory and a, and a very good question. I mean, certainly with Theo and, and with my daughter, with Seema, I've always said to them, let's follow your dream. If, if, you, can, if you can be paid for what you love doing, then do Go that. for it. And it's, Theo's in this incredible lucky, but he knows he's lucky. I mean, a huge amount of work has gone in, an enormous amount of work. I don't think he's lucky. Yeah.
2: If you think how hard you work. Yes. I think he may have, when you were doing all that revision, he may have got that from you as well. Mm. He works incredibly hard. Yes. Also, he's very, very consistent and produces a lot of output. And my belief is consistency Makes you lucky. I mean, he's very privileged to have a job that he enjoys to do. That's the luck part. What I'm
0: saying is, is I suppose, fortunate to have two supportive parents who've stayed together and helped him through those years. And in the early days, I was, you know, taxi driver and everything. And wasn't a lot of cost going into that. I mean, you know, as a YouTuber, you've got a phone, you've got a camera, the amount of cost that's gone in was, was minimal. Mm. It's not like Theo becoming an F1 in you know, a Formula One yeah. driver. Yeah. So, Do not take your
2: child to drive go-karts. Exactly, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, hey, son, what about here's a PS4? I mean,
2: don't, go, yeah, yeah. don't go anywhere near that nice shiny go-kart. There's a racing game over here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Spend a few
1: hours not on that. less money. Yeah.
0: yeah, but what I'm saying is he had that framework of supportive parents, but also supportive friends. We moved down to, to London 13 years ago when Theo was, what, nine and certainly his, his classmates here were, when he set up his channel, they were like, Theo, you're good at this. Mm. You need to do more. You need to go to Bolton games, England games. They sort of slapped him on the back and, and said, Encourage go forward him. with this. I think mm. if Theo had stayed in, a, let's say, a, a state school in East Manchester, you might have your ambition bullied out of you. And I, I've seen this before. I won't say where it was, but it was a British city. And I met um, a, a young person, who showed great knowledge of their club and of football in general. Okay. It was in Scotland. Um, oh, yeah, and, um, it. and I, I said to this young lady, I said, well, your knowledge of football is incredible. Your knowledge of your club is incredible. Why didn't you have a YouTube channel? And she said, well, well, I did, you know, I did back in the day, but you know what it's like at a, mm. at a school in the city, you get bullied out of it. Oh, and that's no. the, and mm. I remember that story six, seven years later. I think that is so sad. Yeah. Um, so Theo's fortunate in that respect, but yes, he's put in a huge amount of work. Mm. And I always said to him, and you know, it occasionally he'd sort of say something like, "Well, Dad, you you know, you went down the charted accountancy route." I said, "Theo, don't don't go further. You not do not think about that route. You you know, you, w- you won't be happy. You love football. You're an entertainer. Mm. You're a natural entertainer." Yeah, I um, actually have a
2: bet yeah. on that, uh, Theo, to host match of the day <laughs> <laughs> inside yeah. the next thirty it's years. Really in the running, yeah. yeah. He, but I do think that that the genre what has to make a really good crossover yeah. to tv because yeah. the tv executives they they've got to look at who's really good mm-hmm. and, and that's where the next generation of um big TV's talent's going to come from yeah
0: yeah now bbc we talking to theo pre-covid um mm-hmm. you know the children cbbc i think it was but then covid happened and that that didn't happen but yes i i kind of agree with you i'd love to see theo do a slightly more mainstream role um, do you think he, there's
2: a role, Thogdad, Dad, maybe mastermind or something like that? In the you know, could be the host of that.
0: <laughs> well, that would be amazing,
2: wouldn't it? Special <laughs> football <laughs> mastermind, Why, fo- yeah, especially yeah. subject is beers. beers. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you,
0: yeah. But uh the, but
2: that's that's the sidekick role that you you've also got this kind of more the gravitas. He's the the young gun, right?
0: he look Theo is um I mean, obviously I've known Theo all his life. He is super creative, he's always been my wife is a is an, was an oil painter. She's now an academic, so I think to some extent Theo gets his creativity from from her. He's always been the guy to try and entertain and you know, what could, drawing pictures and taking his camera out and making videos. So I said to him from a very early age, "This is what you love, and, and if you can make a well career, I don't like that word. If you can make a living mm-hmm. out of doing what you love, then my goodness, do it." Yeah, and he has, and he, and he every day he's, he's thankful to to god or higher power just for for where he is
2: and coming back to the the, the business part do you feel do you feel like the focus has to be on making it work financially as a business or do you think make it work as content and the the finances will come because i I know a lot of people who want to follow their passions they they want to follow their passions but they've got a mortgage or they want to follow their passions but (laughs) they've got a student loan so Mm. i'm not personally also a believer in it's a bit like jumping in the lake, but on a financial basis. <laughs> yes. I'm not saying I don't think you should jump just into copy the other lake people. and just. Yeah. So some people also get into that situation. They kind of throw themselves into a do or die, and then find that it doesn't work. Yeah. So, but I'm interested how much you guys sort of think through the business angle and think through how to monetize things, or whether you just. Keep doing your passion. Hope that it
0: works. Probably less than you think. Yeah. Um, because Theo's been doing this, like I said, for, for nine years. I mean, one of the questions I get asked the most actually the, the number one question: Celtic or Rangers? Believe it or not. <laughs> the number two question was: Okay, yeah, I, you know, some kid will write to you. I want to be a want to be a YouTuber. How how do I do it? And they, mm. they want to be Theo, but to, often they don't want to put in the hard yards. Oh, yeah. And I always write what I always write back to them and say, well, it's hard work and dedication. You look at Theo's channel; he's made eighteen hundred videos over the last nine years, and, and most of those years were when he was at school. Mm. So, you know, do the do the so math. A fair do time, the maths. Yeah. Um, there's a huge amount of work that's gone into that. Mm. Um, in fact, you've devoted your life to that. So, if you're 13 years old, you want to be a YouTuber, or 23, or 33. Um, the great thing is, you know, I'm I'm 55 and I'm a YouTuber, um, and I'm delighted that someone of that, you know, era is out mm. there making content yeah. there should be more older people doing that but going back to theo i always say that number 1 2 and 3 hard work dedication make a video make another video make another video every single day and and when it let's say the third video flops make another one and cool. over time those numbers those you know the subscriber numbers will go up and It might work and it might not. Certainly it won't work from just making one video.
1: Yeah. Is this one of the misconceptions about YouTubers and content creators that actually it doesn't take much hard work? You just point and shoot, you upload, and it you, is. Get, you got lucky.
0: That is absolutely correct. Uh, I meet a lot of YouTubers through, you know, you go out to the World Cup, you go on, let's say, Mate's Happy Hour, all of this. You meet the same people again and again. I'll tell you th- what these guys have got in common, all the, you know, like Jack Mate and Stevie White and Pie Face and... Angry Ginger, all of these guys and um, Stump Peg, they're all hardworking people. Mm. So to have developed those that subscriber base, to have got those numbers, they're out there. They wake up in the morning and think, right, what video can I make today?
2: And if you were to give Chris and I a bit of advice, I mean we so we, we we'd love that. We commit to a process. We've done that. We decided to make an episode every week. Then we decided to actually make an episode every other week. So we're probably already on the down spiral. But um, if you were to give us advice, how, how could we succeed or go better? We've currently got 273 subscribers, but some of our videos have got 30,000 watches views. Yeah. Uh, so should we just keep going with our format and keep trying to elevate that, or should we try starting secondary formats as well, or should we? Is it not really about that? Should we go into the algorithms and try and work out which time of day to post things, or should we try to get celebrity partnerships and get famous yeah. people on the what, what a great idea, Chris! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what it is obviously there's lots of different strategies. Which are the if you said Theo, which are the top three for the, for the was it Romanian footballers? No, was What are what are your top three advices for wannabe celeb YouTubers with a slightly not very followed channel? Yeah. Please subscribe. <laughs> yes. Okay, subscribe. Oh, yeah, we'll subscribe. send you a box yeah, of Mars yeah. bars if you subscribe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, you subscribe? Great. Yeah. Ring that bell. Uh, yeah. what, what are your top so two or three things? Is it algorithms? Is it content? Is it volume? Is it guests?
0: Paper promotion. Paper promotion. Your... Yeah. It's 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 a bit of everything. I mean, you've you've made a good start, and um, you know you've, it's, you've got some engaging content. Again, it comes back to who are you pitching to. I mean, you're very much sort of business to business, so it's a completely mm different area isn't it what we've found is is that the mix of um, originally we were just long form videos so 15 to 20 minutes uh, it was usually a football vlog or it might be the premier league predictions these days it's all about youtube shorts it's all about TikTok. it's all about taking okay this might be 45 minutes an hour but cut it up. You know, if I say something vaguely interesting, cut that. You'll see that on our yes. LinkedIn. Why do yeah. you think
2: we've got you to say that tastes like promotion about six times? <laughs>
0: Absolutely. No, but that's, that's what it's all about. Um, people's attention spans seem Short. to be going down. <laughs> yeah. Theo's found that recently. I mean, YouTube shorts don't make much money, but Theo can easily get 30, 40 million views of his YouTube shorts just by making one or two every day, easily. Wow. Yes. 30 to 40 million views. Yes, that's what he did get for a few months. But then there's almost no money there. It's like with TikTok, there's almost no money in it. So that is the business side. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You can be famous,
2: Mm. uh, but maybe not make any money. Yeah. You can make money, but not be famous. But what you're trying to do, you've got to get the two to balance out.
0: And it is about balancing it. And I've said to Theo uh, many times, uh, because sometimes you'll put a video out there. Um, I mean, this weekend, Theo did one didn't really get that many views, but it was different to what he normally does, and it's a learning curve. Yeah. And it, it's it's a good learning curve. But then occasionally you'll sort of hit the jackpot in terms of numbers. Recently, um, Theo's audience in, in North Africa, in the Middle East, in Morocco, in Saudi Arabia, Qatar, it's just sky high. He is Theo is recognized National on the streets celebrity. of Marrakesh yeah, yeah, yeah. or Doha or Riyadh. Yeah. And that is, in terms of geography, he's reached out to new geographies and he's off to, uh, he's off to Miami um, next week to watch Messi play twice. So in many ways, my son is really pushing things. He's doing new content in terms of the geographies that he's going to, mm. the places. Yeah. In, that's so a very, great, legitimate, that's really it's very yeah.
2: legitimate export. If you're in an import-export business, if, mm. you're, if you're setting up a a consumer brand yes. you'd say actually I've, I think I've saturated what's easy to reach in this marketplace I'm going to go to yeah. uh, North Africa and I'm going to open some stores there so and you're able to do that by by building content that connects to those people
0: and it, it's not purely commercial oh, one of the things I've always said to Theo is if you make a good video and you're happy with that content in terms of quality and what, you, what you've done that's all that matters if it's watched 50,000 or 500,000 times it doesn't matter to some extent if it's a good video it's a good video so we did a, 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 what I thought was a really good video In we have a holiday house in Montenegro and we did a sort of video down there that the locals adored. And it, it was, I don't know, it was watched 150,000 times, which is not a lot by Theo's standards. But I said to Theo, it's just, it's a good video. Mm. How you lo- how should be happy with that creation of that video. How was
2: it, how long was it roughly?
0: I think from memory, it was 12 to 15 minutes.
2: How long did it take you to make a 12 to 15 minute video?
0: On actually? that occasion, that was an all day thing. All day. That was a whole day thing involving three people and involving a partner called Porto Montenegro.
2: And what about the edit afterwards?
0: That was we, Our editor was actually in the video, um, a guy called Josh, and yeah, Josh, he did it. Fusion Josh. Josh Fusion, yes, yeah. great editor. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into a video. I, I suppose a bit less work might go into Premier League predictions, but my point being it's not purely driven by the numbers. Yeah. At times you've just got to, so for example, we're going to India, I mentioned, for two weeks in October, November, and we haven't got a clue how that's going to go. Mm. We're going to watch the Indian Soccer League, we're going to go to five games in five cities. Will those vid- videos be watched 50,000 times or will it all go mad and the videos will be watched a million times? We haven't got a clue. But if the worst comes to the worst, we spent 16 days in an incredible country father and son and mm. an editor. Yeah. And we'll, we'll have a good time. It
1: comes back to what you're saying about authentically done, yes. hardworking, you yes. so has gone the hard yes. yards to do it. Yeah. Well, I, I do think make...
0: these are good commercial strategies. So what yeah. you're
2: in, in uh, decision-making theory, what you're doing is called a no regrets bet. Yes. So you're doing something which, having invested the time, effort or money to do, mm. even if nothing happens from it, yes. you're going to be happy that you've done it. Yeah. The same, actually, it's interesting thing hearing you say about making good content. You, you see, sort of, I was, it always makes me laugh because movie stars yes. and everything else they seem oh I'm so, it's all just about making good uh, script. It's just, I read the script and I thought it was yeah. great. So mm. It's like you obviously set out to be an actor. You obviously wanted to be on a stage or in the yes. movies. So you knew you were setting out to try and be famous. But you didn't. You never talk about that. It's like is it a good film? Is it a good film? Uh, artists again, like they're they're always they're saying you know it's not really about the money. But then yeah, yeah hang on a minute. If I try, if you go I go to buy those. You said you your wife is an artist, but. It's never about the money. It's never about the fame. Yeah. Well, hang on a minute. Yes, it, yes, it is. Because you know what? When, you, when you, you say you're really happy, when it sells for a good amount, you're really happy. When it goes into such a gallery, you're, it's, yeah. or you get a good review. You're really happy. So there is actually the social recognition and also maybe the financial. But yeah. it's interesting whether you have a, re, a regrets a strategy and therefore you're doing things that you don't really enjoy to try no, and make no, the money. Never, never, or no. whether you get the no regrets mm-hmm. bet. You do something that you love. And you can speculate a little bit. And if you're successful, that's great. And if you're not, it doesn't actually matter.
0: You've got to enjoy what you're doing. That's number one. And you've got to be happy. When you film that, you've got to say, you know what, that's good content. I'm happy putting my name to that. There are occasions when Theo and I, we sit down like this. We'll start to make a video. And five minutes in, either me or Theo, will say, right, turn that off. And we'll reach over and we'll turn the camera off. Start again. Because we weren't happy. You know, I might say, you know, I'm not, not at the races today. Or Theo might say the same. We're not putting that out. And it might be the, the slightest of slip or we might be waffling too much and we just say, right, cut that, start again.
2: And do you, how often do you watch back at videos you made? Once. Once. And when you,
0: have you ever looked back and think, that's just really poor? Um, we almost never. 1,800 videos. I mm. mean, we just don't have time. It's mm. so fast moving. Yesterday's video is gone. Um, I almost never re-watch some videos. Do you, watch, do you watch
2: it before it goes out so you have got final no. editorial control? You just send it to the editor. No, I, I don't.
0: Um, Does Theo. Theo, I, th- we've got. I mean, Josh was a brilliant editor. We got a new editor, Cassius, who seems to be very good. You do put a lot of trust in your editor, um, and occasionally something will go out, and you're like, "Wait a minute, there's there's something was slightly wrong there." But it is a fast moving game. People don't expect 100% perfection. Sometimes a graphic will go out, and yeah. I might say, "Well, I think Tottenham two, Aston Villa one," and the graphic will say two all. And then 100 kids will be like, you know, will mm. pointed mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of YouTube. But it doesn't really matter. Yeah, when
2: we first started doing this, I watched every single episode multiple times before it went out. Yeah, so those nice. comments. yeah. Comments, yeah. comments. Yeah. And then after a while, it's like, actually, that's it's, it's dead time. It's 90% there. Yes. 5% isn't really going to make any difference. 5% It's just a matter of opinion. Mm-hmm. Let's just let Sam and the team get on with it. Yeah. I, I feel like we're not going to be upset with what goes out. But like you say, from a kind of process point of view, if we get hooked up on editing and constantly rewatching stuff, then we're not out there doing the next thing. It's a little bit like that in sales, isn't it? You can spend so long wrapping up a deal and then all the admin that goes with it, but your job in sales is to go on and find the next one. Maybe pass that on
1: to someone else and get it done. Go out and find the next thing. Stephen, it's been a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for the invitation. I really enjoyed it. We should wrap up. John, tell us a little bit about how we're inspiring the content of our clients. Well, it's been interesting. We've touched
2: on loads of different things today. We touched on business skills, mm. presenting, uh, content creation, partnerships, business models, travel. We've covered a whole spectrum. I guess for me, it's really fascinating that YouTube is a an incubator for all those skills, but uh, they're all valuable skills in, in the business world, aren't they? So presenting, creating fans and followers, mm. business models and innovation, uh, finding your passion seemed a big part of what we've, we've covered and in, in all the different programs that we run in lots of different ways we help people to find their passions and to learn the skills that can make them good at them and that that for me is the, the whole purpose behind learning and development is understanding who you are and what you enjoy and what you're good at and then building the craft and the guile to become really mm. good at it mm. and using that guile to then become commercially successful um, and it's amazing to me that an industry whole industry that wasn't around when mm. we started <laughs> mm. yeah. the whole of tv production can be done by a 14 year old kid now 23 or whatever <laughs> his dad <laughs> <laughs> yeah josh yeah and the three of you can put something together that is commercially really successful but also has got f- millions of followers and hundreds of millions of views all over the world, mm. um, all just from
1: simple former accountant. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for being My here. My pleasure. Um, thank you, and Jonna. Thank you as well. It's been a pleasure. See you next time, guys. See you. Soon. See you.